Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Oh my goodness, welcome everybody. Sue Lundquist here, it's the Gratitude Cafe. Benny. Yes ma'am. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's beautiful today. It is, all week long expected. And school's starting for most people too, so <sighs> be careful out there. And Walkways. Bring those speeds down. Bring Come them on down. people. Crosswalks. They're our future in front of us. They Don't run them over. Please do not. Thank you. Please. They're, you're never Public in so much of a hurry to kill anybody. I know that right, sounds so you. awful, but. Please don't. Yes. You're welcome to laugh out loud, sweetheart. <laughs> she wasn't sure. I'm like, Our guest wasn't sure. I'm like, I'm trying to keep really quiet. I'm oh, like, yeah. The doctor's in the house. We got a good show what today. Is this place? Oh, yes, baby. I Just bring it. Bring it. We have a special guest in studio today, and we're going to do some heavy lifting, guys. Quite honestly, heavy lifting. The question is the question is that we're posing today is, who am I? And we are going to dive deep um, with my special guest. But before we get started, I want to remind all of you, it is the Gratitude Cafe. Uh, you can get my newsletter, get a copy of the show. Please go to sulanquist.com forward slash newsletter. Remind all of you about transition. You guys are in transition. You've got old beliefs. You're shedding beliefs. You're shedding fears, relationships. All of those experiences are attached to old habits and old behaviors. And you need self-regulating tools to sustain above-the-line self-love, self-care. And I have created exactly that in the Craziness to Clarity Template for Transformation. Uh, I've got an online program. And then, of course, I do the uh, Template for Transformation and the Essence of You through my coaching practice. So if one-on-one coaching is something that feels right to you and you have enjoyed my radio show and how I teach and coach on the, the radio show, I would love to hear from you. So you can just go to sulanquist.com and get all the information, send me a note, and let's get connected. Uh, new thoughts, new perspectives, new ideas, new you. I'm going to bring Dr. Kim on in just a minute. Um, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to jump right on in because <laughs> that's what I want to do because it's my show. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm really good. So I could totally do the formal bio, <laughs> but I'm going to let you do it. Oh, man. I really? am. It was hard enough to get that bio, let alone oh, to have to talk about sexy. it. It's sexy. It's oh. sexy. You're beautiful. I cannot believe. Finally, we have the opportunity to be in here and talk juicy stuff. <laughs> right? Uh, yes. yes, that's the intention. That is the intention. <laughs> I'm also letting unfold whatever's going to unfold. I love that. <laughs> I know, but we've only got an hour, so that's a All bit right, of a bit of yeah. And I've got to watch the clock. And yeah, okay. We're going to have to have here it. for that, right? Yeah, yeah but just keep, keep it clean. That's all I want. Oh, oh that's right. He's clean. already chastised right. you for that. Just keep it clean. <laughs> you. Oh, me. And yeah. you were the one who yeah. said it no. first. No, I don't know what you're talking so, about. Right. 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 Yeah. I was learning the radio <laughs> etiquette of what not to say. Yes, and mm. what you can say. So, because right, I have five brothers, and 
I had to. <laughs> There's a whole other language we won't be doing on here, apparently. No, not at <laughs> so all. So thank you for not letting at me know. all. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Kim, please tell the audience who you are, your background, <laughs> love, because this is the juicy part. This is where we get to know you, and then we're going to jump into the, the heavy. Who is lifting. everybody else? Yes. <laughs> um, I am a clinical psychotherapist in private practice in Redmond, Washington. I actually started out my career as a certified public accountant at um, one of the largest, big, at the time, six accounting firm, which is now the defunct Arthur Anderson. I spent um, uh, most of my young adult era in finance and in technology, and then I moved into psychotherapy, which seems like a natural transition. But oh, after working, <laughs> but after working in those fields, you certainly would understand psychotherapy is a really good transition. <laughs> um, and I've been there for over 15 years now, so really, really enjoy doing psychotherapy. And um, I do many modalities. I'm really enjoy transpersonal um, psychotherapy, which is letting anybody come in with their own personal beliefs, which is essentially a psychotherapy, which is beyond the classical uh, materialist model, which is very much embedded in the science field that we are mechanistic, whereas we are more consciousness living this human experience. So mm. I bring that into my practice. Yes, you do. Beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love yeah, it. We've had coffee. Oh, yeah, just, just a little. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I love how you practice. I love, I love your brain. I love our conversations. <laughs> it's just beautiful. So welcome. We are doing some heavy lifting today. And the question is, because when we were mm -hmm. talking about this conversation and what we wanted to talk right. about and we can do it off the cuff. And of yeah, course, I'm like, well, we should probably have some kind I of know, content. Right? No, let's do that. <laughs> I'm like, what's the broadest question we could ever put out there to let off the cuff happen? Who am I? <laughs> right. Who am I? Yeah. It's such a, you know, open-ended question. Yes. Who are you, Sue? Oh, well, today, <laughs> right. this hour, right. this moment, yeah. um, <clears throat> that would be the radio host. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. The goofy radio yeah. host having a great, well, yeah. that's me in general, yeah. but. So it is. Let's talk about who am I? Right. How do we get there? What's, what does that even look like? Because I think, and, I, and I, we, we've talked about this off air in, in our conversations, but having the awareness, and this is also part of my curri curriculum and what I teach, first and foremost, you have to have the awareness of who you are, what you're going through, how you're showing up in the world. Mm -hmm. So who are you? Who mm -hmm. are you choosing to be? Who are you choosing to mm -hmm. show up to be? And why? And and then navigating what all of those webs look like going out. So who who am I? Well, I think even stepping back more than that, the willingness to just even ask that question. Oh. And I thought about that as I was driving over here in traffic. And I'm like, how many people in the cars next to me are actually thinking about who am I? Oh, pfft. So, I mean, it's in the daily grind. I mean, Benny, like, I'm like, Benny, Benny, when you were driving in this morning, did you ask yourself this question? Like, who am I? No, not especially. Um, no, no, no. I didn't trying, think so. No, yeah. When I walked in, it wasn't like oozing from you. Like, oh, I'm, I'm really. No, I was trying to figure out which son uh, mess with my seat functions in my truck. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. who is my son yeah. thinking? Who am I, though, to right. know who touched those buttons? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the willingness to even just reflect like even in this moment as you're hearing me say these words you know who am I going outside of just the mental process of that just in moving into your body which is the who am I is the willingness to invite in awareness and not even 
asking that question, the, the not asking that question shows up in a lot of symptoms. It shows up in repeated patterns in relationships or jobs. Um, it can show up in um, any type of psychological anxiety, depression, even health issues. So that just even asking that question is a really important question just throughout the day. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, really, who are you? Well, and what is the process in discovering that? That's a that's a pretty heavy, you know, how do you get outside of yourself to even ask that question? And in a society where, and this is where we're going to get some into some techno jargon here, um, where we are far more projectors than we are reflectors. Oh, let's talk about projecting. Let's. Oh, <laughs> expletive, expletive, expletive. <laughs> yeah, projecting is a really tricky thing. Um, projecting is when you're having a conversation with someone, and it's what I call take it personal, mm. which means, or they bite the hook, mm-hmm. um, and they make it about themselves. And they're going to, this could come in, you know, with the best of intentions, with the, with the, with the desire to advise somebody, from your point of view, I'm going to say to you, this is how you should do it. So that's a projection. Mm. So I am projecting my worldview onto you in a dialogue. And our willingness to be a reflector rather than a projector is really what helps the process for us to explore who we are. Mm. So my ability to reflect back to you how I see you, how I experience you, what I hear you saying without projecting my own personal view um, allows you to have that clarity. And this is why relationships can be so difficult is because we're so busy projecting on each other. Oh, splat, splat, (laughs) splat. (laughs) Yeah. House full of teenage girls. Yeah, there's a lot of projecting going on. It's it's deeply embedded in our culture, projecting. And so it, it is very difficult to be in most of our relationships, I think, Therapy, obviously, because that's the field I come from. Therapy is probably one of the fields that you can go into with great confidence and not be projected on. That's the whole intention of therapy is to be more of a reflector than a projector. I love this conversation, and I wish that the rest of the world would be more reflecting. Right. Um, And what comes up for me, honestly, is the space with Dr. Joe Dispenza and holding that space, and it's complete reflecting, Mm -hmm. completely Right. So when you come out or when you come from mm-hmm. a situation in right. a bubble of this right. just beautiful love and reflection, yep. mm-hmm. then you go back into the Hogwarts. Yep. No, that's a great point. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It's it's big. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a great book by Jack Kornfield called After the Ecstasy is Laundry, which Ooh. is <laughs> which is a great example of a, you know, a Dr. Joe event. And he talks about this on his teleclasses. Is or does he still call them that? I don't. Anyways, whatever. whatever they're called, um, you know that you go to these retreats, whether they be a Joe or whatever, whatever retreat you go to, and you have these amazing experiences, and specifically a Dr. Joe retreat. What makes it so reflective is your own inner reflection, where you spend most of the event meditating, right? So you have this opportunity being guided, but on top of it, you have this collective experience. And if you've never experienced anything like this, it really is profound where you have hundreds, if not thousands of people in a room where you're meditating and that space is being held and you're really kind of going in on yourself and there is this kind of inner refl- reflection going on. And there's also this agreement. 
it's not like you're having conversation with someone saying, you know, hey, let's dig into my marriage or let's dig into my job. You know, you're actually having a space of just being in your own soup and seeing what that feels like. Quantum soup, baby. Right. Welcome to the Gratitude <laughs> <Right>. Cafe. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> He's like, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. So anyway. I'm so listening. Th- <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also looking up Jack's book while you're talking. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks. You're welcome. So, and then what happens is when you leave there, I mean, I don't know how long it takes. I mean, mo- for most people, if they're traveling out of town, they might get to the airport and go, well, okay, that's gone. Right, because then you're back yeah. into the environment that's no longer supported in that way, and then you're back in yourself again, and you feel yourself backslide. Yep. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I thought I had changed forever, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, yeah, I, I have kids, or I have laundry, or I have traffic, I have job, I have something. And then your head goes again. Yep. So how do you break free from that and really get into this, who am I? And for a lot of people, it's like, why am I even here? What is the purpose of my existence? Mm. So really getting into the who am I and then in, the, in that I, how do I apply it in this outside world? And I think that's paramount because it's that safety and that vulnerability because mm-hmm. you're in, in the space. And I love, I love that contrast. So if we're in a Dr. Joe space yep. or a space where we feel safe, your office, right. our conversations, right. We have the space to feel safe and have that vulnerability. So how do we take that new who am I, that new I that mm-hmm. I've just created right. into this world of 3D chaos right. that is surrounding me? How right. do I sustain my mindset? How do I keep a positive, not the Pollyanna positive stuff, but right. seriously, how do I keep my frequency up so I can keep attracting what I truly want? Well, I think the first thing is to... Kind of embedded in that question, I feel this expectation that Mm. you have of yourself, Mm. right? Brilliant. So that can create an inner separation when you actually have the expectation to leave a place like this, to leave an event like that, to have the expectation that I should be able to do that. What's wrong with me that I can't? And then we fold in on ourselves and down below the line we go, right? Because we're judging ourselves. We're feeling like... So one is just starting with the recognition that there are these settings that do support you having this more elevated state of consciousness, Mm -hmm. but not, that's not necessarily your daily life. You can cultivate that, but your willingness to move out of those spaces with a little bit more personal acceptance that that environment isn't necessarily going to meet you where you just were. Yes. So it just kind of puts you on notice that this environment that you're moving into, that you're that you're perceiving as not supporting this elevated consciousness is an environment that you created. And I don't mean that out of a place of, you know, you deserve this, what you're, you know, a, out of a judgmental place. Right, right, right. It's just about recognizing that you're calling to yourself potentially a different type of environment that you can cultivate. So I, I talk about this with my clients. I, I'm like, if you have a target, if you imagine that you have a target in your life, like the target mm-hmm. store, the target. Yeah. And how you have relationships set up in your life, whether it be a job, which is a relationship, whether it be friends, which is a relationship, whether it be family, which is a relationship, where you place people on that ring is what I would call right relationship. Mm. What you want on that inner circle are those relationships that do completely support you kind of living more in an above-the-line place. And if you don't have that? 
<clears throat> you want to say something about this? <laughs> There's a lot of people out there going, um, my inner circle ain't working for me anymore, right? Right, absolutely. <gasps> well, part of that is is recognize your own projections. Uh, so when we when we say my circle doesn't support that, you can also bring up some resentment to say my spouse, my mother, my father, my children, my job, they don't support that. So the moment you externalize that and point the finger at somebody else, you're you're really removing yourself from the equation and you're the only one who can change that. Accountability. Yeah, yeah. Your, your willingness to say, it, there is something here that I brought into my life that I'm wanting to transcend. So your willingness just to, to say, okay, what's look in my rings? Look, look at this. Yeah, just look at this. And look at it from a more observer mentality than uh, blame or some sort of negative emotional state. I call that the CCs, compassionate curiosity. So if you have compassion mm-hmm. for yourself in the situation and right. you get curious, it takes that sting yeah. out. It takes that Absolutely. resentment. Yeah. yeah, so your willingness just to look at it with a little bit more neutrality and say, all right, where are these people? And then to start working through your own projections so just it's it's not even about necessarily moving people, ending relationships, ending job. It's about really starting with yourself. It really is oh, an internal job. Hands down. And and finding relationships that can um, support you in this kind of ascension, whatever you want to call that, increasing consciousness, um, to really help reflect back on you, who you are, so that your environment starts to change with you. So... I, and I'm advocating for the audience because I can hear people going, well, pff, what do you mean I attracted that? Or what do you mean they didn't do that to me? Or what do you mean, you know, that's one, there's a little bit of, um, it's not taking accountability, but it's also the victim role. Yeah. So how can we lovingly guide our beautiful audience that's listening and say, I get it. I love you. I know what you've gone through. It was a lesson earned and learned mm-hmm. because it really is. There was something in that situation or those people that you had to learn from. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from my own. Right. My own wisdom here. So how do we educate? How do we how do we t- tell that person listening and saying or, you know, talk to this person because uh, they're asking the question, well, how what do you mean that I that's my fault? How do I take accountability for that? Well, I think the first thing is, is um, it's not your fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's that, there's that, that, that neutral point, which is your willingness to not even ask, like, what do you mean? How could this be my fault? That's, it's like being able to move that question aside mm-hmm. and really go into if something in your life feels it, that it's in conflict, if something doesn't feel like it's in resonance or in alignment with who you are, as strange as this sounds, it really starts with, who am I? It mm. really starts with that question. All going right back. And, right. And if you go into that inquiry within yourself, which is, who am I? And you then say, I seek individuals who are also willing to support me in that inquiry. And I don't mean like a narcissistic, like, hey, I'm all about... I, this is really, above the line. This right, is above the line. Really asking that question about who am I and inviting people into your life that are also willing to be curious about that who am I as well. All from above really the line. Starting, not the, yeah. Well, it, and, and maybe it's not even above the line. It certainly is the line itself. Okay. That line. So in um, 
so I have a YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Which is New Understandings, which, I, you know, Jess Bubico, who's been on your show. Yes. Jess yes. Bubico love, and love I our Jess. <laughs> created um, this YouTube channel. And it's New Understandings. And my website is kimgarlandtherapy.com. You're taking my job away I'm from like, me. I'm like, I'm like, all of a sudden I realize I'm like, there's, if you I want to find you. out some more information, like, there it is. But anyway, so on. But I was going to tease them and wait till the end. Okay. I'm like, just in case you want to <laughs> jump ahead. I won't tease you. <laughs> I'm robbing you of that suspension. Oh, bring it, sister. We love you. Uh, so we, we talked quite a bit about um, tools and perspectives. And I think you do talk to your um, audience about above the line, below the line. Oh, yes. And um, we actually have a whole show unpacking above the line and below the line. But essentially, we, what we don't want to forget is the line itself. Mm. And most people don't actually have much of a line developed. And each one of these regions, below, line, and above the line, represent a region of the brain. Mm. So the line itself actually represents the medial line of the prefrontal cortex. And that's our great observer. And that's the great mediator within our own minds to not get stuck below the line and perpetuate below the line. And one of the things that we talk about in the show is that there are three things that you shouldn't do when you're below the line. You don't analyze, you don't act, react, or respond, and you limit contact to others. If you do any of those three things when you're below the line, you will perpetuate below the line. So below the line, guys, the conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're talking about is resentment, anger, frustration, all of that angst. I'm just going to, let's just throw that under the umbrella of angst. All the fear and resentment is below the line. And it's any type, anytime you associate yourself to a role, I'm a, I'm a victim, I'm a perpetrator, I'm a hero, I'm a damsel in distress, <clears throat> even I'm a mom, I'm a boss, I'm a child, any of those roles that you feel like you need to play, those are all below the line. That's where there's a sense of separation. That's what I'm saying, roles are a of sense separ of separation. Gotcha. And it's also where you see a lot of blame. Mm. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of so projecting, or or it could be an internal blame. Yeah, certainly yes. projecting. Oh yeah, definitely the drunk projecting. monkey. Right. The yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that region, if you can just ask yourself in any moment, where am I? And if you find yourself any of those sensations that you would associate to to below the line, and and I would just say this: anything I'm saying in here, if you're like, I don't understand what she's saying, because I re realize I'm coming from a a specific field. One thing I just offer is see if you can get past that part of you that says, oh my God, I don't understand what she's saying. And then you get all like, I, I, I'm Anxious lost. I'm lost. And, yeah. and just trust that whatever is necessary for you to hear and understand right now is all that you need to hear and understand right now. Beautiful. On average, it takes eight times for you to be exposed to something new before you can fully get it. And so just rest in your body and just say, I'm just going to let this kind of pass through me. And you can intuitively, like just saying the word below the line, I think people will intuitively know what that feels like Absolutely. to be below the line. So less concerned about the cognitive understanding of this and understanding it viscerally, which is how the application of this method can be powerful is when you start to relate to your life in a sensory, rather less cognitive and mental processing and more like, what is your experience of this? Because what happens for us is we have sensation that we feel in our body. And that sensation sends a signal up to our cerebellum where we have our programs and our, our scripts stored. And then quickly a behavior, a belief, a projection, that comes out 
in a nanosecond. You don't even know it's happening. And if you can come back to sensation, which is pre-programmed, which is because our, our cerebellum is decoding a sensation and that co- decoding it's doing is going to be based off of whatever your worldview has been, whatever you were taught Past as a child, whatever, whatever the epoch that you were raised in, whatever gender, whatever culture, all of that is stored in your cerebellum and your stories. And those come up as soon as you get sensation in your body. Yep. Your willingness to experience sensation and just notice the sensation and, and witness it is really starting to develop the line, which is where I was going, is the line itself is the medial line of the prefrontal cortex. The discernment. It is It is the discerner. It is the one that's kind of like navigating, is this truly a survival situation? Because it's not that below the line is bad. It's just using it in the right application. Exactly. Thank if you, you see a little child running across the street, act below the line, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. the right way to do it. Yeah. If someone's coming after you with a knife, act below, below the, the line. line. That's survival mode, yeah. right? That's the appropriate application of the below the line. Thank you for that. Yeah. So so in it, so in that state, you you can't thrive if you're dead. I don't know if you knew that, but just thought mm. I'd like give you guys Benny, Thank did you, you know that. I, I, okay, just give you left FYI. I didn't know that, but now I know. Right. Now which we is, know. Which is why, Thanks, Doc. Right. Which I just want to say, which is why when your child moved your seat in the car, that truly is a below the line moment because that's uh, survival. Yeah. You could totally crash and it would be the end. So you know. Oh, they're going to hear from me. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So I just want to point that out. That was an absolutely appropriate moment. You're like, what the hell? Why did my oh, I didn't say what? But what? Yeah, what? Anyways, okay, so that didn't happen. Breathe. And, okay. That was below the line. That's for me. Okay. So anyways, I just really wanted to give you an actual Welcome experience. Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe and having some quantum soup. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Oh, it's good. Okay. It's good. So anyway, so the line, when you develop that line, you actually thicken the gray matter in this particular region of the brain. It's like a muscle, right? You're practicing it. Practicing through noticing. I'm noticing, I'm tracking, I'm marking. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have fantasies about vindicating yourself, right? You're going to be like in the shower, you're going to be like that person, that's right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, simultaneously, while your mind is creating these <laughs> narratives, mm-hmm. these stories, you're noticing it. And you can say, I know I'm below the line. I know I'm not believing anything that's being said right now. Yeah. I'm not going to attach to it. No. Right? I'm just going to watch oh, this as cute? if it's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, you won't even be like, yeah, uh, that's not cute. No, it's right? not cute. But <laughs> Right. Just Right. It's like you're watching traffic pass by. You're watching those thoughts. So you're actually developing that region of the brain. So it, it is very challenging for people to say, these are the three things you don't do. You don't analyze it. Okay. Well, they're like, how do you stop yourself from analyzing it? Well, okay. You're gonna, your mind's going to go, you know, your mind's going to go, but the ability to mark it and not attach to it. And when you say that immediately, my nervous system goes, oh yeah, I got to figure it out. Yeah. I got to figure course. it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think most people do that. And the challenge of trying to figure things out from that region, from a triggered state, is the way that our brains work is that when we get triggered, when we get activated and we drop below the line, when we're not perceiving some sense of safety in our environment, the blood flow changes in our brain. And it goes to the cerebellum and the limbic system. And now you're working with limited mental capacity. And the way that that works, it's called matching. And you can have a billion bits of data outside of you. And the only thing that you're going to process is what matches in your cerebellum. This is why people do things habitually is because it's going off of matching. 
So it's matching all the data bits into what you already know to be true in the world, which is why people say you live from the past. It's because that past is creating a model of the world. And you're going to screen away anything that doesn't fit in the model. And then you're going to act from that way, which works really well from a survival mentality, right? From a survival mechanism, you need to very quickly act or you could be dead. Yes. Right? So it's, it's a very efficient process. However, in our culture... We have confused egoic safety with physical safety, yes. right? I need to protect my ego as if it was my physical safety. And with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break because that was a really sexy ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, Sue Lundquist here, and I have got the wonderful Dr. Kim in the house with me today. And, of course, our wonderful Benny. Sue Lundquist here. We will be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it. But only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
Sing it! <laughs> Wait, we're not. Wow. Yes. Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that was impressive. Wow. Sue, right? Oh, we're keeping. Ladies that. and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. That Anybody was Doctor go karaoke? Kim Garland oh, right there in that was the impressive. house. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I got anyway, where were we? Baby? <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh boy. Okay. Well, wow. Wow. She's gonna sing us out on the end. We are Doctor Kim Garland in the house. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So we have. Lots of heavy lifting. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Lots of heavy lifting. We're making it light, though. We are making giving, it light. We're but giving you know, tools. <laughs> we're giving you tools. <laughs> right. And we have to do that because right. that's the Sue Show. I mean, yeah. we have the to Sue give show. <laughs> The Sue Show. I love it. Say that three times fast. The Sue Show. The Sue Show. The Sue Show. It's a tongue twister. It is. Uh, we are having fun. We've got a lot of um, really juicy information that we're talking about. And um, it's... It's important that we educate and offer this and invite you into this information because the question we posed at the top of the hour is, who am I? Who am I? How am I showing up? And giving you tools and foundations and, and um, explanations, whether it's below the line, above the line, the <laughs> line itself, what is that? How do I stay away from that? Um, that being um, resentment. Anger. It's okay. I mean, we've got fight or flight. We've got, there's, mm-hmm. t- if the kid's running across the street, you need to right. do that. And that is okay. Right. When, what we're talking about and what we are inviting you, the all of the listeners, is to look at the line, be aware mm-hmm. where you're at. Who am I in this moment? Right. How about pose that question? Give it to you every day in the morning mm-hmm. and come from a compassionate curiosity point of mm-hmm. view. Above the line, get compassionate, get curious about yourself, others. And it kind of takes the sting out of whatever Mm -hmm. the situation may be. And that's at the line. That is having that conversation with yourself, the spouse, the in-law, however that looks. And we're going to continue with tools and conversations um, above the line and below the line and and how how to navigate that. And we talked about projecting, which is a tricky little bugger. Um, and we'd like you to look at <clears throat> reflecting instead of projecting. So, Dr. Kim Garland, welcome, my singing queen. Oh, God. <laughs> that felt like a dirty trick. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, but not by anybody in this room. Right? Oh, <laughs> so we're clear. Uh, I'm not yes, blaming. Have- I'm oh. not blaming anyone. I'm not okay. Blaming. No. <laughs> Just saying. Good call wow. there. I'll give you a for that one. <laughs> Close one there. So, what we were talking about was the idea of matching and how our brain mm. works. And one of the things that I find very helpful is when you're actually able to identify where you are in this method, this line method, and you're able to see that you're below the line, one of the things that you can invite yourself is to say, what else could this be? And when you ask that question, what else could this be, that really is inviting that part of the brain, the line, you're actually invoking the line in what else could this be? Because again, with matching, you're filtering based off what you already believe to be true in this world. Mm. So when you ask the question, what else could this be? You're actually asking for yourself to go to this neutral position. And, and it might seem to you like, well, I don't understand. How is this getting me to who I am? Well, the who you are is how you understand yourself to be from below the line. So who are you in this bigger picture, right? right. It, and many, many times people will go, and they say it about other people, generally not about themselves, that they're in a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde relationship. Oh, yes. 
or that person then is a narcissist or although that's the person that you got involved with. So wait, then we blame ourselves. Like, how did I get involved with the narcissist? Right. There's this whole story where the way that I look at it is who is this person from below the line? So below the line is where also pathology lives. So that's where you see the narcissist, the sociopath, the psychopath, right? And, and we all have access to that because that survival mode is about self-preservation. So we can come up with labels of this person is a narcissist, or you can say, no, they're below the line and they're in survival mode and they're thinking about themselves because they don't perceive themselves to be safe in this world. But when I say them, you could also say that about yourself. Okay. And so we also have an above the line personality. We have an <laughs> above the line way of showing up in the world which is, and one of the things I talk about with people is that you can't get yourself above the line. You can get yourself to the line, and above the line actually just levitates from that. Your ability to hit a neutral position then brings in those experiences from above the line, mm. creativity, curiosity, collaboration. All of those become available to you. once, And now we're op- working with the whole brain. Yep. Now we're working with the neocortex. We're working with the creative aspect of us because now your, your brain is no longer on alert. The blood flow is back into the full brain and you actually have the ability to feel sovereignty and agency in your life. Mm. <laughs> Did you just feel that? <laughs> well, I just saw it with you. <laughs> That's for sure. Creativity. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. Um. I, I'm just I'm sitting in that because I I, I really and, and I want to sit in it for my I, mean, I can't really do that very well on radio because they're expecting us to have this conversation. But I audience um, what comes up for me is take that moment, take that moment and look and feel, feel what that feels like to you. Are, are you able to get yourself to that space of, of creativity, of love, of gratitude? And if not, let's just get curious. Let's right. look at that. Right. Not from a below the line, oh, my God, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's, let's, let's dance on that line. Right. Let's, let's get a little jiggy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Benny, yeah. Get a little jiggy with right. it. Have fun. Right. Get curious with yourself. Well, and that's where when you feel that sense of neutrality, that's when you can start looking at, What's happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, and when I, so let me just go back. When I say, okay. what else could this be? Yes. I'm not answering it, right? Because I'm still triggered and yeah. we're not analyzing it. What you're doing is you're just invoking. You're saying, what else could this be? And, and you're putting your brain on notice that there are other possibilities here besides the way that I'm seeing it. And my repeated way of seeing something is my filtering. And then I respond from that defensive position. And again, Matching. when I respond from a defensive position, that's my projection. And then that invites the other person to because most all people <laughs> most people don't hold the line for you. Yes. They will bite the hook and they will respond defensively as well. So in our relationships, when we're in conversation with each other, if you do see someone come at you defensively and you can feel it, it feels like a gut punch mm-hmm. and you feel yourself get like, yeah, oh, you yeah. just did it like your shoulders oh, went yeah. back, I'm right? Like, you're like, Mrrr. right? Yeah. So for you, you're more of a fighter because you, because I'm watching you as I saw you like even just saying the word trigger. Just deep breath. Yeah. yeah right. Like, oh. I can see your, your, your um, default 
is to go into fight mode because I just saw you roll your shoulders yep. back, right? Yep. Some people they or shut sh- down. Well, okay, like I do that. F- I go there and I'm like, <gasps> yeah. The other one is when you're right when oh, you yeah. find yourself just kind of roll in on yes. yourself or you shut down. And the other one is like you can just see somebody like looking for the exit, right? Fight, yes. flight, freeze. Yes. So those are our three defense mechanisms. And right. so when you're in relationship with someone and you see them responding in a very triggered way, for you it's asking yourself, do I have capacity to hold the line in this conversation? And if I don't, exit left. Or <laughs> <laughs> right. right, whatever well, I'm supposed to say. It, it, right. If I don't, it really is owning. I don't. It's not saying you just did this to me. Right. You just said this to right. me. Right. Right. You it's, just projected. Yeah. Right. The moment you just yeah. said you just did this, this to me, you projected. projected. Yep. Your willingness to say, I realize I am being activated right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity or the space within myself to hold the line for you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're going to need to back away from this conversation until I can be neutral. I'm only taking. Right. Yep. I'm only speaking for myself. I can only speak for myself. Yes. And when I feel like I can hold the line, I can initiate a conversation. I'm not sitting there with my arms folded going, when you have your mm, together, together. Yeah. then you can come back to me. Oh, how right? many times? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then we're holding somebody else <laughs> as, as th- we're actually putting them in a position to control our life. Yes. When we say, you come back to me when you have it together. Yeah. Right. No. It's like, let's well, be purposeful and stand in our power. Right. When I feel that I'm in a more neutral space or I feel like I can actually hear your reality and in hearing your reality, mm. I'm going to be curious about how you are perceiving the situation and reflect it back to you. Mm. Not say you're wrong. You're not seeing it the right way. Let me tell you how I meant it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not what I meant. Right. It's not about you. When somebody gets triggered, it's not about you. If you if you follow this this method, they are taking your information They'll, they're filtering it, it from matching right? the, the moment, old, right? Yep. The, the moment somebody filters the information, that's a distortion in the field. Yep. Right. You're distorting it. Yep. Because now it's going through my lens. Yes. And then I'm going to respond from my lens, which means it's all about me. Yep. And then I'm going to send back my filtered message to you. Mm-hmm. And of course, most people get triggered by that mm-hmm. because the first thing that's going to come back to you is, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Right. You feel offended. You just bit the hook. Mm-hmm. You bit the hook and you're going down. So in that moment, beautiful, juicy, sexy. I love that. So in that moment, can you versus being triggered and coming back and projecting um, some language that I've used and I'm just going to be vulnerable and open is, um, will you repeat to me what you think you heard? Oh, I can. Uh, you know or what? As soon as you said that to me, you already knew. I felt my gut. I feel you being defensive. <laughs> oh, God. It's so, so give me language. It's so me, awesome. But give me language so I don't do that. I okay. don't want, I want to great. be, able, and I know the audience great question. too. Yeah, I want the audience. I want to, because <laughs> I'm like, did, did you hear what I say? Or are you feeling something different? I want to be able to communicate kindly without being projecting or or defensive this because, is a good one yeah really okay. really good so here's here's where all i'm going to back up it's not about language no because okay. you want language like well, give yeah, me language want, you're like give me communication it's not about language okay it's about where are you where am i in yeah. this where so am even I? before you say anything because i don't care how listen you can craft the most beautiful statement in the world 
And if it's and still coming from, in fact, in psychology, they call it a double bind and it actually creates psychosis. Ew. Where they call it your covert and your overt message are contradictory. And what that yeah. means is below this, I'm feeling contemptuous. So inside of me, I feel contemptuous and angry and I'm triggered. But what I'm saying is, what did you mean by that? Ew, that feels right? slimy. And it, this is pervasive in our culture. And part of the reason why it's pervasive, it's mostly non-intentional. It's because we're not super aware of where we are. We don't really track our whole being. Our sensations, our gut feeling, our heart feeling, that's really going to give you a clue about where you are. Which why mm. I said, oh, even when you said that, you I like- felt <laughs> in my body where that was coming from. Oh. And I have a feeling you had something in mind, like something was invoked within you that you were able to come to even ask me that question. Something yeah. I'm like, I felt oh, that. I, I, well, yeah, <laughs> I totally had a I know scene in did. my, yeah, yeah I know yeah, you yeah. did I was because like, I felt where you went from that scene. Yes. So let's back up. Yes. It's not about language. Okay. Language will come intuitively. Okay. You don't need to worry about the scripts, right? Because that's all below the line. Give me the scripts. Give me the language. Okay. First, know where you are How before am I you feeling? speak. Right. So go into your body, right? And and be really honest with yourself because if you are feeling upset, you're you can say, "I realize I'm triggered right now. I'm not sure I can have this conversation right now." Yes. You can you can put that out there as a possibility, and the other might be able to go, "Okay, I can hold the line. Let's let's see let's see where we can come." <clears throat> That's one possibility, right? Awesome. If it's not, you know, so invoke that situation again. So here you have the scene in your head. Mm-hmm. So here I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. <clears throat> so you have the scene in your head. Mm-hmm. What are you wanting? Understanding. Okay. Understanding of what? Where I'm coming from. Okay. Why? Because it's important to be heard. Got that? <laughs> but this is, it's beautiful. No, okay. Because I'm Why? feeling yes, like exactly. I need to be heard because I'm I'm down here. I'm okay. like I'm scared. I'm in fear. So you're proving yourself to somebody. I want you to hear me. It's important <gasps> for you to hear me, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So who is it about? You or him? Maybe. I'm I'm gonna say it's yeah. him because <laughs> we already know it's all good. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like I'm just gonna assume it's a him, yeah, right? Just, just <laughs> like, assume, right? I, because I felt that yeah. I felt like yeah, it was yeah, a him. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. It's really important for him to hear me because I feel hurt. I, okay. I feel hurt. Okay. But it's my Right. Hurting. So you already feel, so the, you already see you're projecting. Yeah. Right. Yep. Whatever's happening here, I am processing it and I am hurt. So then let's back up and say, tell me about this hurt. I mean, you don't have, I mean, whatever you want to say on the show, but yeah. <laughs> you're like, ah. yeah, but in that situation, I don't have that. You don't have, I don't have that in him to say, let's, are you saying? For yeah. So yeah. You, me, you why go within I, yourself, go in yourself and say, why am I again? Who am I? Yeah, exactly. Why, why am, am I hurt right hurt? now? Oh, look at that. That's an old program an old inner, you know, all that stuff from, so, Mom or whatever. Right. So in this moment, you know, he said something that activated within me a sense of I'm I'm not worthy. He doesn't oh, value yes. me. He doesn't yes. appreciate me. So underneath this, it's he doesn't value and appreciate me. Right. Yep. OK. So then let's let's hold that over here. OK. And let's go over to him. He let's say he was activated. Mm-hmm. OK. Let's say he was activated. If he's activated, 
he's in survival mode. Yes. Do you think he gives a rat nope. about you? No. Right? It's not nope. about you. He wants to be heard. Yep. Because he, in some way, is working through his own perspective of himself yep. and you, and he's projecting all over you. Yes. And when he sa- comes from this place of blah, he says something from that place, yep. right? What happens is you respond to him from his defense, yes. from his filtered place. And you're yes. like, you don't get me. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. I'm so with rather you. than doing that, you step back and you say, Oh, in your head, in your inside head. It depends on the consciousness of the other person. You know, inside I, head. Right. It, it depends on, you could say it in your outside head, depending on who you're talking to, but we'll assume this one isn't conscious. So in this, in this case, you can recognize, you, first you can feel it in your body. Oh, yeah. Like I felt it with you. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I felt it in my gut, right? Yeah. You can go, this person is coming from the below the line. Yeah. So when I ask myself, do I have the capacity to hold the line for this person? Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I have to say right now. This isn't about me. Yeah. This person is filtering me through some sort of distortion. Yes. Right. So I don't, the moment I try to defend myself against that distortion, you're down. Don't take it right? personally. It, well, it's, it's not about you. <laughs> I mean, I just can't even say that. Clear. And it was like, because it's like, if you, if you know who you are, okay. Yes. Who I am. Right. Who if I you am. know who you are, why do you feel the need to defend yourself? yourself. Right. Yep. 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 So instead you can, you can be, be reflect back. And that's the reflection, not the projection. Your willingness right. to reflect back in saying something like, oh, I'm so curious about where you're at, what you're experiencing, what your perspective is. How did you come to that? You're truly trying to get him, not for him to get you. you got you. Bang on. If you're in the situation where that particular person is conscious and able to right. have that conversation. If not. If not, that's where you look at your target. To go, yes. Is if this person's in my, if they're in my inner circle, right, and they're not able to ever reflect back on me, mm. then more than likely I'm going to end up in an enmeshed and what we call codependent relationship. Oh my God. Yes. Because what's happening is we're constantly projecting on each other. Yep. Yes. Yes. And so the, the ability for each of us, and it's, and again, start with yourself, right? Yeah. If, and, you know, we just walked through that scenario, which you wouldn't even recognize that you were projecting onto him. But like, oh, but I want to be understood. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and thousands of people, it's, you know, it, well, worthy it's pervasive. this question. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's absolutely pervasive in our culture. And there's a whole, I mean, and, and that starts with childbirth because most of our parenting models, most of our nurturing models are authoritative models. Those authoritative models essentially say, I know what's best for, for you. you. With all the best of intentions, I know what's best for you. And so what happens is we hijack our kids from knowing who they are, yeah. right? And we tell them who they are. And we say, this is what's successful in the world. So we start to shape our kids. Todd Rose has a great book called The End of Average and Dark Horse. And he talks about how this started with the Industrial Revolution and actually came with um, statistics, interestingly, and averaging. And how we started to create all of these models of perfection. One of them, I think, was I, maybe going to get the name wrong, but like Norma. So they came and collected all the statistics about women. And then they came up with the average size, dimensions, measurements of a woman. And then they created a statue. Wow. And then they did a pageant to find Norma. And they never found her because no woman met those measurements. So if you think about that, that's where models come from. A successful person looks like this. So you might have somebody like, oh, my gosh, 
that really successful person, I want to be like them. How did they get there? And so you create a model for how that person got there. And now you're living somebody else's life. Mm. And you can't quite figure out why you're not getting there. This is set from early on. Early on. Where we're constantly looking outside of ourselves because somebody has said this is what successful is. This is where you will get and value. And look at the media. And right. all, oh, it's oh all over God. the place. <clears throat> it's all over the place. Right. So this whole idea of the whole below the line is an external locus of control, which means I am looking outside of myself to actually know I have value. It could be from my truck, for example. <laughs> it could be from my, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it could be from my job. It could be, that's why I'm saying role. It could yes. be because I'm a mom. It could be because I'm a, a boss or CEO. I'm an owner. There's some sort of identification that I have value because of something like some sort of title, some sort of house, some sort of material items. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's been set really early on is that our happiness will come from something outside of us and it's you know that's what they call midlife crisis is that you know for those who have achieved all that they were said to achieve they would feel happy and they don't feel happy they're like what did I do wrong where did I go wrong wow and then you have an entire life built upon that foundation that who I am has been defied outside of me and wow. then you feel like the house of cards comes crashing down on you when you actually start to go through this process of the who am I. And you think about your target and the people that you've put in your inner circle are supporting the old paradigm, yes. your old worldview about this person values me because I'm a provider. And I, I don't really want to do that. doesn't really resonate with me. I'd rather be a singer for yeah. example. Yeah. That <laughs> was <right>. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd rather be working in the forest. I love it. All right, guys. Wow. Our hour is up. Wow. I know. Right? See <laughs> what I'm talking about? So mu- I know. There's, there's so, so much, much more. more. <laughs> yes, we are having Dr. Kim Garland back on the show, I promise you, because it's we're connected at the hip and we're March twins. And <laughs> it's right. just a done the deal. <laughs> right, exactly. What an incredible show. Thank you. Thank you. So much. Thank you I, so much. I love our conversation. I appreciate that. Yeah, too. I love it. It's great. Um, if you want to get more information, please go to Kim Garland therapy.com again kim garland l-a-n-d therapy.com i have all this information on my website and on my facebook we'll get all that information to you your youtube channel what is it called again under the new, new under, understanding the new understanding so yeah. you can go to the youtube and look up uh, new understanding understandings with um, dr garland and also just bubbaco um, hosting so if you want more information look her up you guys she's absolutely amazing and i'll have her back i promise <laughs> thank you so much thank you. all right with that you guys i love you i'll see you next week and to all of you each of you are a gift get out there and share yourself with the world if you like the show help more people find us by adding your review of the show on itunes the more reviews we get the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash Gratitude Cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888 
298-5569. Find the live streaming link at suelundquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.